When was the last time that someone pushed one of your buttons? And what was that experience like? Yeah, it's the reaction, our reaction to them being pushed that really determines how effective that button or that trigger is. And we have this intense feeling of anger inside of us. And anger is really a, a manifestation of being hurt and sad, isn't it? But the key to all of this is, can we become mindful enough to stop and understand and recognize what's going on in the moment. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. Because when we can do that, then we can choose our response instead of reacting. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. See, wisdom is that place that resides between our emotional response and our rational thoughts. And so it's in this moment when we recognize that the button that has been pushed is the revelation of the stories I've told to myself about the meaning of this trigger. Well, welcome everyone to the Revolutionary Man podcast. I'm the founder of The Awakened Man and your host, Alan DeMonso. You know, there are moments in our lives where the stimulus around us sends us into an emotional state. You know, the smell of freshly baked bread, a song, maybe even a word or a phrase. And it is in these moments that we become triggered, isn't it? Depending on what that button has, that's being pushed, our response could be positive or it could be negative. And so what we're going to talk about today are those triggers that we have in our lives, our responses to them, and how we can lean into the virtue of wisdom as we move from slaves to our triggers to mastering them. Now, before we get into all that, I want to remind you to like, hit like, share, and subscribe on your favorite platforms. You can stay updated to the latest content while helping me grow the Awakened Man message. And for that, I want to say I'm truly grateful. With all of that being set aside, get on with today's episode. The average man today is sleepwalking through life, many never reaching their true potential, let alone ever crossing the finish line to living a purposeful life. Yet the hunger still exists, albeit buried amidst his cluttered mind, misguided beliefs and values that no longer serve him. It's time to align yourself for greatness. It's time to become a revolutionary man. Stay strong, my brother. Now, I want to ask you a couple questions here. When was the last time that someone pushed one of your buttons? And what was that experience like? Was your response positive or was it a negative response? See, the thing is, we all have buttons, don't we? And as one of the men in my, in my work groups talks about, he'll say, you know, I didn't put the button there, but that doesn't mean I don't know how to push them. And it's so true, isn't it? Some of our closest friends or people in our lives know how to push our buttons, don't they? Yeah, it's the reaction, our reaction to them being pushed that really determines how effective that button or that trigger is. And that's the point, isn't it? We don't have any control over other people, their actions or reactions to what they say or don't say. All we can control is our reaction when our buttons are being pushed. So I want to take a little bit of time in this podcast and talk about and unpack the concept of triggers and getting our buttons pushed. So what is a trigger? A trigger is something that sets off a memory tape or a flashback, you know, and it really just transports us back to that time of the original event. And then they become activated through our senses, you know, of sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell. And sometimes our triggers are even linked to deeply ingrained habits. And they're very personal, aren't they? And for some people, a, a trigger will be different than, with, for, other, than for others. You know, if you're a survivor, maybe you begin to avoid situations as, as, and stimulus that make you think of that trigger and bring you, bring you to that flashback. And if that happens, 
you're likely going to react strongly to that stimulus, aren't you? Because triggers are an emotional experience, physically as well, but truly they begin emotionally. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. And so what I want to think back now are what are some of the what are some of the triggers that you may have? And I'm just going to give you a sense of some of the triggers that I've had in my life. And I remember walking into my childhood home and smelling fresh baked bread. You know, my mom used to bake bread all the time when I was little. And even just the thought of that triggers that warm comfort feeling, you know, that security of coming home and smelling that hot, warm bread and putting butter on it, seeing it melting it through and dripping all over your hands. You know, and then the other memory I have from childhood, and that is still a bit of a trigger today, is being bullied at school, you know, and being tormented by other kids. And it's not that I couldn't handle myself, I could very well handle myself. But the decision and the challenge I had was that being stuck in that position and didn't and having to fight my way as a new kid on the block. And so those triggers have stayed with me for a long, long time. And it's really affected of how I see authority and how I act towards them. And I think about the first time that I met my wife. You know, we met on a golf course. And there are so many things that happen on that golf that on that golf course and that every time that we go and do that and we go to play, even to this day after 25 years of being together, I still have a strong emotional connection and trigger to when we first golf at the start of the season. You know, it's that those experiences when we get our blood pumping and everything's happening, and you had such an ingrained emotional attachment to what those triggers are doing. And I can think back again, back into my childhood, being raised in a, in a Catholic family where there were the proverbial lickings and being the oldest of five. You know, there were lots of times where we didn't pay attention, myself and my, the second oldest. We didn't listen to what we were told. And so we had the proverbial lickings as young kids and getting divorced and for the getting divorced to my high school sweetheart, leaving me totally destitute without anything. Left strong, deeply ingrained triggers that around finances and about protection and what it means to be in a relationship. And though I've given you a few, and I'm sure you can come up with a few more of your own and some of the experience you had. And I want to sit here and talk now about and take us now into the impact of those triggers and how it is that we can change and move through them. See, because not all of our triggers are negative, as I just showed you, right? Some were very positive and they still continue to be so today. But when an emotional trigger hits us, it's actually the response in our bodies that we're going to feel first. And it's something I didn't really understand before because it's such an unconscious thing that's happening. So you take our body starts to react and then our cognitive mind kicks in. And when it kicks in, it signals the amygdala to do the, to do the old fight, flight, or freeze response. And I know you've all heard of all that, heard of those before. But have we, do you know what that really looks like? And for me, this was really eye-opening to understand what was happening inside of my body and what was really going on in terms of these three modes. So here's a few, here's a few ideas or classic symptoms that you can see for each one of them. When you're in fight mode, you know, when you're in fight mode that you can actually begin to cry, well, it's not necessarily a sense of weakness, but it's that term and that emotional trigger that's pushing us into this position where we may start to cry. Or you might have on the other end of the spectrum, may feel like punching someone or something. You know, your jaw gets tight. Ever had that experience being at uh, in, an, in an environment or a situation 
and you're going through it and maybe it's lasting a little while and you realize that you got this this screaming headache and the headaches come because you've been clenching your teeth in, in trying to fight for this this thing that's happening to you or you can start to glare at people and talk to them instead of talking with them and so you get anger in your voice and we start stomping and kicking and these are really at the point where we really haven't got any control over our emotions and we're still being very childlike and we have this intense feeling of anger inside of us and anger is really a, a manifestation of being hurt and sad isn't it then your stomach may also feel that you're going to be tied up in knots where you feel like you got this burning sensation and i don't know if you can recognize many of those but lots of those are things that i recognize in my life in getting in having dealing with triggers and being in a fight perspective let's look at what it'd be what it would look like to be in a run mode or the run perspective because we're being triggered maybe you're getting jittery your legs are restless restless you have numbness in our extremities right because everything is coming into our heart we're getting ready to to take action our eyes will start to dilate and maybe they're jagged and they're darting all over place to place right and you constantly have this fidgeting piece going on in your body your legs and feet may be tapping you still have a sense of tenseness and you feel but you have the all you know boiling into this feeling of maybe being trapped and so one of the ways that we also express in this run mode is we may start to exercise excessively it's like we're running away from the problem or the trigger and again i've experienced a few of those and maybe you have as well so let's now look at the third reaction our third reaction could be the freeze mode you know this is when you can start to feel cold like your body the ten the, the sensation in your body starts to feel cold right you have numbness not just in your extremities but all over in your body and our skin the, the the tone of our skin can start to feel pale we can feel stiff or maybe even heavy you know because we're this weight it's it's like a weight being on us we have a sense of dread heart still pounding really pounding right more so than you would have noticed in the other two modes and your heart rate may also just start to decrease on the other end so it depends on how kind of how we've processed that trigger in the past whether our heart rate's going to elevate or really drops down and really really gets really low but you really the, the key is that you're feeling yourself tolerating a stress and i said earlier these are all primal experiences right and they're totally unnecessary but there there is this underlying surface driven thing that's going on you know we feel compelled to respond in a certain way and if we react in a in a certain way or a particular way we may do so in a less optimal way or a less productive so as i said earlier triggers can be can are are activated through our senses but did you know that the two most common sense triggers are our sight and our sound and think back to my my examples before i talked about a song you know there's a song that still plays you know it's our wedding song but every time i play it takes me back to some great memories with my with my wife in the sights of what we have uh, what we've experienced every time i think of going on vacation right away i think of sedona it's a place that we just love to, to go to and it's just because of the topography and how quiet and serene it is out there but right after those two follows is touch and smell and think about it these are really our whole body is a sense organ so it's not surprising that touch would be in there it would be it would be part of it would be the third most 
trigger um, trigger sensation that we would have. And smell, as I said about baking bread, makes makes so much sense. Or the smell of cooking garlic. I spent my career in the in kitchens as a chef, and I can tell you, anytime I smell fresh baked bread, fra- you know, frying gar- garlic were just such incredible memories of culinary competitions and and working in uh, working in large hotels. But the key to all of this is, can we become mindful enough to stop and understand and recognize what's going on in the moment? Because when we can do that, then we can choose our response instead of reacting. I really like this quote by Viktor Frankl. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. I don't think truer words have never been said. But one thing I've been haven't mentioned have, have failed to mention at this point is that we still have two other responses that we can that we can also use when we're triggered, and they are fawning and face. And after we've tried to run, fight, or freeze, and our response, we tend to migrate into a different mode. And fawn, and so that's where we'll get into fawning. And fawning is probably the best way to describe that, or for you to think about it is when we start when we get into people pleasing. So people with the fawn response are so accommodating to others' needs that they often find themselves in a codependent relationship. So think about that. Do you fall into in different situations? Do you fall into being the proverbial yes man? Because that could be an indication that you're fawning. Here are a few other classic examples of what fawning looks like. Being unable to say how you really think or feel. You know, caring for others to your own detriment. Always saying yes to requests. Flattering others. Struggling with low self-esteem. Avoiding conflict. Feeling taken advantage of. And being very concerned with fitting in with others. I can tell you on my journey, and even as it is today, those are some of the challenges that I face on a regular basis. And it, for, and it challenges me because it forces me to, to do some deeper analysis to understand why is it that I'm fawning in this moment? And what is it serving me? And we're going to get into a little bit of that as, in a moment. But let's talk about face. Face sounds exactly what it says. When we face our triggers, we tend to take them head on and accept them as a necessary part of growth. We understand that, that by confronting our pain directly, we can take back control. And by doing so, it takes the energy nor that sting out of that trigger and it helps make them less painful. Uh, it may be easier said than done. It might not be the first thing you'll, you'll jump to or you'll get to. But as we're working through our, our triggers, we can get to this place. And we're really going to switch now and focus a bit on how we can utilize the wisdom of our lives in order to help us be, face our triggers. You see, we don't choose to have the the reactions that we have. Triggers happen way too quickly for our rational mind to intercept the amygdala's command to activate our fight or flight response. Remember, I said that at the start. But we do have a choice about what happens next. Even though we're triggered, we can take we can undertake a discipline of learning how to manage our own state of being. And this is really the key, gentlemen. So we're going to use a virtue of wisdom to create a path through our trigger response. I want to take a little bit of time and look at that. But first, I want to read this, this quote by Epictetus. 
The chief task in life is simply this, to identify and separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself that which externals not under my control and which have to do with the choices I actually control. Where then do I look good and evil? Not, in un not to uncontrollable externals, but within myself, to the choices that are my own. See, wisdom is that place that resides between our emotional response and our rational thoughts. And it helps us look at the coping mechanisms and the unconscious processes that have occurred after we felt the trigger. And these are, the, these are those embedded habits that I talked about earlier. And so it's in this moment when we recognize that the button that has been pushed is the revelation of the stories that I've told to myself about the meaning of this trigger. And then it's about discerning the whole truth behind that meaning as to whether it serves me any longer. I'm going to pause there. I started to talk about that a little bit earlier in this podcast, that it's about how is this trigger serving me? And what is the truth behind the story that I've just told myself? And so if there could be even a more empowering meaning that I could integrate into this old story, wouldn't that shift my response? My response into a more powerful behavior? I think so. So I'm going to give you a three-step process for using wisdom to crack the trigger code. Now, the first thing you're going to do, the first question I'm going to ask you is, in what situations do you or do I respond differently than I would like? And in helping you answer that question, here's a three more. When you've picked that situation, ask now, what is that underlying trigger? And what's going on for me in that moment? And finally, how do I want to face this challenge the next time it arises? So you're diving a little deeper into that initial situation. And now here's where the rubber really meets the road. So the first thing we're going to do after we've picked our scenario and we've discerned it a little bit more or explored a little bit more, I'm going to ask you to break your story. You're going to do that by asking this question. What am I believing here that might not be true? See, what am I believing here in this moment that might not be true? We're saying, using the word might, which we're giving ourselves an opportunity to find there is something else that could exist. The next step of it, after you've answered that, is we're going to go for some clarity. The question you're going to ask yourself is, what do I know here? What am I aware of? That makes sense. So what do I know here in this moment? And what am I aware of? What's going on in that situation? Because it's a different situation than the original event. There may be similarities, but it's a different situation. So we want to get clear on what's actually happening in the moment. And the last step is, what is one action step that I can take either in that moment or in the week to deal with any of my triggers? And I think you're going to find, as I found in going through this process, that through this analysis, this depth of analysis, I'm able to unpack that trigger. And not only does it unpack that individual trigger, but it really opens the door to other triggers that have been affecting me over the years. And it doesn't solve all of them, but it sure brings a lot of insight into many of the other triggers that I've had. So what are we really doing here is that we're signaling to our cognitive mind, that prefrontal cortex, you know, the one we talked about earlier about that's, and we're really, what we're trying to do is just calm the amygdala so we can bring reason 
back to our life. And we can do that in lots of different ways. We can go through this three-step process. You can do it by practicing mindfulness, deep breathing, or doing other breath work, exercising, expressive writing or journaling, moving energy. Moving energy is about changing your your body position, changing the location that you're at, reconnecting to your purpose, what's going on, because the trigger is really throwing you off your purpose. And of course, always on calling someone else that you trust to help you get through the trigger. And that's why it's so important to be part of a brotherhood. So listen, in the Awakened Man Academy, we explore our triggers in depth. And it's part of one of the lessons in the manual in the man box module. And what we do is we go even deeper and we do a core wound analysis. And this is deep work. And it's revealing the hidden and underlying issues that cause our triggers to be activated. And this is an example of some of the work that we do here in the Awakened Man. And this work is open to all men, but only, but the only one, only way for you to learn about what that is, is that you got to take action. And so I'm going to challenge you in this moment. I'm going to challenge you to start your hero's journey or your hero's quest. So we have a 90-day mentoring program that will raise the standard that you show up in every part of your life. And this program is not something you can join and hide in. This, this program is going to challenge you because you will be challenged. You will work harder on yourself in the next 90 days than you have done in decades. And you will come out the other side unrecognizable because you will be living and acting in the highest vision of yourself. And so I want to make it easy here for you. I'm going to provide a link on this page where you're watching this, listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, where you can speak with me one-on-one and we can see if you and I are a fit to work together as in the 90-day program, our Heroes Quest, in your Heroes Quest. Because you know what I've found is that not all men are ready for a commitment like this, but those that do make such huge strides in their life. And if you're that kind of man that is ready and willing to make a change, then I look forward to working with you in the Awakened Man program. Aho, my brothers. Thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Man podcast. Are you ready to own your destiny? To become more the man you are destined to be? Join the brotherhood that is the Awakened Man at theawakenedman.net and start forging a new destiny today.